Hey there, this is magician Michael Carbonaro from the Carbonaro Effect and soon to be Carbonaro live from space. I'm coming to you at the Man Cave with Elias. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, Blue. You A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Michael, welcome to the cave. Wow. It's great to be here. How are you, Elias? Good. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I've never been to the man cave before. You're you're uh, you're more than welcome to come back anytime you want. Also, your arm just disappeared. You're like you're Ma- doing magic. magic. That's right. That's yeah. right. My little you're half invisible. virtual background. My background. I'm not really in front of the moon, but my background's legit. It's a it's a fabric background. That's awesome. You know, is that is that part of the whole virtual thing that you got coming up? Yeah. This is this is as far into space as I've been able to actually get. Someday, right? <laughs> well, it shows live from space. Yeah, so I'm yeah. trying to figure out actually how to actually get there. I'm, yeah, trying to build That's a awesome. spaceship. It's, it's a little <laughs> I don't know how your pandemic's been, but I've gone a little mad. <laughs> yeah, it's got, it has its moments. You know, I have two kids, but I've also been working and I've been doing this on the side. You know, it's it's been challenging. Yeah, for sure. So the listeners, the viewers know you from, you know, your true TV, TV show, Carbonaro Effect. You've been performing for many years, you act comedy. You got a, another virtual uh, Carbonaro from space coming out. You've been busy. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, too busy for the past one Carbonaro Effect. Man, what a rocket ship ride that has been. Yeah. It's just been nonstop. It's been amazing, but it's been just nonstop. So the... As awful as everything's been, there's all those silver linings and in, in being kind of locked down, you know, yeah. both good and bad. But uh, yeah, taking a break and kind of like reconnecting creatively has been really a uh, silver lining of this whole nightmare situation the world's going through. Yeah. Before, before we talk about your special and everything, uh, let's get to know a little more about you. Like, so how did you like fall in love with magic? Uh, what did you, yeah, tell us the story about that first. Yeah, I, um, just drawn to all those things ever since I was a kid. You know, before we started rolling, you know, uh, Elias was telling me a little bit about his daughter who's got a magic set and she's really excited about it, five years old. Um, And that's exactly how I started, you know, getting magic tricks and just started playing with them when I was young. And you just sort of like, some kids are just, you're, it's like magnetic, you're drawn toward it. You know, it kind of finds you. And I found my way into magic through really my love of all movie special effects. I wanted to be a makeup artist, you know, before yeah. I found myself as a performer, I wanted to be a special effects artist for the movies, you know, the behind the scenes, making crazy things happen in the movies. And that kind of led me to doing magic tricks and performing. And I was like, wow, I actually like doing it. So yeah. like, a magician is like a live special effects artist, right? Right. So that's kind of- How, that's how old were you when you kind of like had an idea? I, well, I think I did, I started, really wanted to be an effects artist when I was like 13 years old. I was sure okay. of it. And that was kind of when it changed. I mean, I'd been playing with the magic tricks when I was a kid too, even before that, I had a magic book, always loved it, but career oriented. I was like, I want to be a special effects makeup man, you know, for the movies. And um, somewhere, you know, I was watching a lot of Copperfield and I loved his style. I loved his ability to kind of showcase a whole evening and take the audience on an adventure. And... So I started picking up some tricks. I used to go to the magic shop to buy supplies to do makeup and special yeah. effects. And I was like kind of finding myself going to the other side of the store more and more 
watching the guys behind the counter do tricks and really taking a few home and loving the reactions I was getting from people and the engagement that magic gives you. Right. How did you like, so how did you like start teaching yourself how to do the magic? Cause you know, like, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but we didn't have YouTube back in the day also. Like, how did you pick this up? No, it's for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm Gen X, so I didn't even have the internet really growing right. up with, with like any, you know, I, I, it was a lot of, and even still today to be a magician, it's one of those skill sets you're spending a lot of time alone. You yeah. know, and same with makeup, you know, like you see people playing, well, then they're online doing makeup and doing magic online as well. But still, it, even though you're online with your makeup <laughs> show or virtually, yeah. you're alone in your room, aren't you? Really? Like, <laughs> so it's a lot of playing by yourself and experimenting, reading a lot of books. I was lucky to get connected to go to uh, a magic camp as a kid, yeah. and that really lifted things off. There's this incredible camp, they do it every year. Probably the, the most famous magic shop in New York City is Tannen's Magic Shop, still alive, alive, still alive to this day. And um, every year they have Tannen's Magic Camp. It's a week-long overnight camp for kids, boys and girls, ages, I think it's 8 to 17 or some, I don't forget uh, exactly, but but it's serious. It's a real deal. You learn, you meet all yeah. the other weirdos. Like you've been alone in your room being a weirdo and you're like, oh my gosh, there's other weirdos out there. It was like sort of like a like a live internet, you know, chat room back then. You're like, what? So, so it was really fun. And, and the people that I met at that camp as a kid ended up being the people that uh, I hired to be on the Carbonaro Effect. Oh, wow. Yeah, as soon as I knew, you know, when it came down to it, I had a long career of like doing acting and magic shows and stand-up comedy. And then when the Carbon, after being on the Tonight Show and the Carbonaro Effect was coming into being, I was like, I need a lot, gonna need a lot of material, gonna need a lot of crazy people to come up with stuff with. And immediately thought of those kids from camp. I'm like, all right, my weirdo friends from Magic Camp. And lo and behold, they were. How long, was the, how long was the camp? Week long, every okay. year. So and they had competi there's competitions and this year they did a virtual version of it and it was it was quite wonderful really it was yeah. kind of my first taste in seeing how wonderful our art form as magicians can be yeah. shared can be enjoyed on this platform virtually which was what really started getting me thinking of doing a virtual experience with my magic wow. Now you mentioned yeah. Copperfield. Did you ever see him live when you were a kid? Oh yeah, all the yeah. time. He would come, I'm from Long Island. Okay. And he would come to the Tillis Center, and uh, there's this big theater out uh, west, right before Manhattan, and his show was just bonkers. I mean, it was crazy awesome. It was just the hottest, coolest thing ever. So magical, and stunning, gigantic theatrical illusions. Wow. It was like a magic circus. You, it was so much fun. Uh, I was so inspired by him and his ability to, you know, being an actor is really cool because you can like, you know, you're pl playing a role. Magic is kind of like more of an art form like stand up comedy where you're you're talking to the audience. You know, we're, yeah. we are really here together in this room going through this adventure. It's not like a stage play where there's like, you know, you're watching people or you're acting out and or TV yeah. shows where they're not looking into the camera. It's a it's a very, you know, direct, interactive moment. And I think that's really special. So Copperfield, I watched him do that and just lead an audience down this path of being wacky and funny and take them on an experience where they really believed in magic. And I was like, I, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. Did you ever get a chance to meet him? Yeah, Copperfield, yeah. He's, he's been great. He's been so supportive of, of my work and, 
he loves the stuff we've been doing on the show. And yeah. I think, you know, he's, I got a phone call from him one day, you know, some people call me, they're like, you know, David wants to talk to you. And I'm like, what? And I don't get starstruck, but for Copperfield, I was just like, bit, bit, bit. I had no, I just was <laughs> dribbling like a yeah. numbskull, but uh, no, and he's great. I got to go to, he took, he took us all, myself and the crew of Carbonaro Effect uh, through his magic warehouse and magic yeah. museum. Wow. And he's so generous and he's just really interested in progressing and preserving uh, magic as an art. Yeah. Did so, you ever like, when you like, when you were talking, did you ever like bounce ideas off him? Like tricks that you're trying to come up with? Yeah. Oh, he helped yeah. me with like one of the segments on uh, the Carbonaro effect where I wanted to make a, a nun. I don't know if you saw that segment where the nun like vanished. Into yeah. 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 So he had performed this illusion that I'd never seen it done as miraculous as, as he did it, where a girl on stage was shrouded in a in a cloth and she levitated up in the air and the cloth just fell and she was gone. And oh, wow. it was so beautiful. And I was like, that cloth over her, I was like, that would be kind of cool as a nun. Like, you know, if it was a nun's habit, it'd be interesting to just have the nun float up and then the habit fall down. So I get this idea and I'm like, I got to talk to David. So he's got, you know... His, awesome. his right-hand man, Chris Kenner, who's amazing, also super supportive of our show and always around to bounce stuff off, you know, bounce mm -hmm. ideas. So, yeah. and he was great. He shared how he did it with us. So, like, he gave us the inside wow. scoop, the secret videos and yeah. everything. And we did it. We pulled it and off. And you guys have, like, an oath. You can't really tell me how to do a trick. But, you know, with you guys, you guys have, like, that little... It, it, you wouldn't believe how fast the the um, the underskirts of the magic world are. If I were to like right now, just tell you how that trick was done, yeah. I'd, I'd give it fifteen minutes before they'd be banging on my door and dragging me <laughs> to the I fire pit it. to get my lashings. I believe it. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll come back and talk about your show, but let's talk about uh, your special. That you uh, which I noticed earlier today on social media, you added more dates to it. We did. Yes, we I started with just like, let me do two of these events. You know, I want to do a show from my home. And then I was like, what if I were able to actually take off to outer space and do it from outer space? Yeah. And so I said, all right, I'm going to do it. And I never know what if I'm actually going to pull something off when I say I am. So I, I've been trying to get to space. This is the best I've got so far is this fabric moon. I hope that's right. going to. But no, I wanted to create an experience. Um, you know, while we were shut down from Carbonaro Effect and everybody's masked and I'm not doing hidden camera, I started pitching some other TV shows and there's some things in the works that are really cool and coming up. Uh, one of this is amazing warehouse idea. Uh, I shouldn't get into it, but it's really going to be, it's a, it's a cool TV show, but it's for, for down the road and we're in development yeah. on it. And I was like, I gotta, like, I'm in my, my office, my space and I'm digging through stuff and I'm like, just like, I feel like I'm like Willy Wonka meets Hoarders. I have so much bizarre objects in my house like from the yeah. tv show and from growing up as a magician and just my collection so i i was like i want to take people on an experience where i could bring them into yeah. my crazy study and uh show them how the universe works and just take them through an adventure like an intimate experience together yeah. and uh like just sort of a, a wacky show and tell mr rogers meets willy wonka Wow. kind of a peewee's play how, how did you come up with this idea were you like just sleeping one night and you're like oh you know what i got an idea let me uh start well, you know, you start yeah, writing well, notes it's down a and... lot of i it's a lot of ideas in one i've been wanting 
you know, I've been dreaming of putting together a Broadway show, like a magic Broadway show, like Henning yeah. had his show and Siegfried and Roy had a big magical adventure. So that's been in the back burner, just dreaming that up. Then my next live tour, I was in the middle of a tour, uh, live tour at theaters when, when the pandemic hit. And yeah. so I was already planning on my what my next live tour would be because I toured this one show out there for like three years. And the tour was going to be called The Box Tour, where I just had like tons of cardboard boxes on stage. I might still do this, actually, but like digging through them and pulling stuff out like over my adventures. And I had this other show in the works called uh, Michael Carbonaro Explains the Universe. So yeah. this this Michael Carbonaro, you know, Carbonaro Live from Space is sort of just a connection of all those ideas literally in my home here yeah. virtually i take you into the lair where i'm making that stuff happen and show you some of those experiences so it's like a hybrid experience and it came from like you said it was i woke up one day and was like all right you know what i'm just gonna do the show from my shed <laughs> you know i'm gonna i'm gonna turn on the computer we're gonna invite people into my home and and i'm just gonna take them through a wild adventure right right here so you are gonna do it from your house well i mean it's in space yeah that's gotcha. the goal yeah. i mean yeah. i i know it sounds like and you know i i got nervous because i love the idea of being live from space and then i was like people don't really think i'm gonna be in space do they and then i was like i really made people believe a lot of crazy things over the years yeah people are gonna expect me to actually be in space so i've been try i've been like gathering my like do you see oh, my, there you go et telescope over here et yeah and that's right. I I have made these weird dreams and I'm like putting this, I keep like, I know this is totally, I told you I went crazy. <laughs> I went crazy. I, but it was That's a, awesome. Wait, you remember your dreams? Sometimes. Yeah. I, I've been remembering them and like, I keep dreaming that I'm going to space and I'm like, okay. So I like wake up and I've been like putting together a, I think it's a spaceship. I don't know if it's going to work, but it better work in time for the show because I've promised to be in space. I know, there's not much you can say. <laughs> but yeah, you just rig a bunch of stuff together. Yeah. Lunchbox, moon crystal, and... Uh, and and of course, playing cards, because you need those in space. Well, it's funny you say that. I do. I have cards. Well, I I have this here because this is what started... I've, I write my dreams down. I draw them. They're getting crazier. But I was having this recurring... Yeah. I was having this recurring dream. It started with this one right here. And... All right, I'll just gonna show it to you. I, I, I would wake up and I was having the same dream over and over again. D right. Does everybody who watches this watch it, or are they just hearing it? Some people. Some people are gonna hear it. Some people are gonna watch it. It's gonna be wacky for the people. So they're, they're they're gonna have to go on YouTube to watch it. They're, you're gonna have to go to YouTube right now, you listeners. If you're only listening to this, you, you're you're gonna miss half of the fun. That's right. That's right. It's like not having MTV hooked up to your stereo. See, they would miss that. Shark. The shark. Alien shark. So this is the recurring dream I was having, and I'm, I'm, I'm showing this to you right now so the people who aren't watching. This was the dream I showed you on the back of the folder here. It's just, I had this, uh, I guess that's an anxiety dream. I kept waking up, standing on stage. With a top hat. With a top hat on. I was supposed to be doing a show, but I like, it's not ready, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Do you right. ever have that kind of a dream, like a... I think so. I don't know. Like I'm trying to remember. Like what's the last dream I even had? I don't even remember, <laughs> to be honest. I'm well, so you ever busy. Dream like you were gonna do, you're gonna do your podcast, and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't plug in the microphones, and I didn't have the guests lined up, and I don't know what my questions are gonna be. Yeah. I've had more of like, I wake up and I'm be like, oh, I should have asked this question. 
Oh yeah, and I, to, totally. and I have to like write it down or something like that. And like, yeah, well, like I'm sure. I'm sure after we hang up, I'm like, oh, I should have asked him this. Well, do you ever like write it down? Like at night, you'll be like trying to fall asleep, or you'll wake up from a dream and be like, I have to ask this question. And you grab a pen and you write it down. Yeah, yeah, I've done well, that. Well, that's before. what I. That's what I do, and I started drawing this. And I'm showing the the people who can't see this right now. It's a my little recurring dream on the back of a deck of playing cards. It's me standing on stage, smiling, but I really have no idea yeah. what I'm doing. And I and I and I was doing it every night, having the exact same dream on the backs of these cards. And yeah. I'm doing it over and over again. And it's the same dream, the same moment over and over. And it's like this ongoing, what I thought was a nightmare. But I noticed. And I'm going to show you close up here. You can see, you see, there's a change in the way he moves. Yeah, his hands. His arm right yep. there is bent yep. a little. So I thought it was the same dream, but the more I looked at the pictures as they moved, they're actually changing a little bit. See, now see he's that. not smiling so much anymore. Yeah. Right? And right, right. it started to turn into like a flip book. Look at this. When I put all the pictures together and flip through, he's like an animation that's pretty cool yeah so what do you see tell the viewers tell the listeners so, so you take the top hat off and your other arm is going right into the top hat i'm actually I, I doing a trick yeah all all the while on the back of the cards i think i'm standing there and i didn't know what i'm doing but slowly i am doing something yeah and that's so cool. 52 weeks i had the right. same dream that's an entire year mm. and you know what that that dream was leading up to this moment do you know that i think it's what the moment that i'm doing the trick that i'm doing for you right now it's all coming together as one you could see the little animation on the back i'm reaching into the hat i could do the trick i reach into the hat and i'm pulling out oh you're pulling out yep you're pulling out cards i'm pulling out a card so you are going to name a card dream this dream with me we're both All standing right. here underneath the moonlight. I ask you to name any card. Don't make it an obvious card, and you can change your mind if you want. What card okay. would you say? Uh, let's go with three of hearts. Three of hearts. Important to your listeners, we did not prearrange this ahead of time. Okay. Didn't I'm asking no, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely not. Nobody called you and said you have to pick the three of hearts when Michael does this trick? Correct. Nobody Correct. called me. This is the so first look, time there- we were actually talking. This is our first time. They're they're in order. They have to be in order so we could see the pictures move. So let's find that three of hearts. See where it is up toward the top. The three of hearts. Do you want to change your mind? I'll stay with the three of hearts. The three of hearts. Yeah. The three of hearts. We'll put the three of hearts right here by the moon. So you could see them there. And look at this. Okay. So, watch the trick, the animation, the card you name, three of hearts. That's me reaching into my hat, pulling out a card, turning it over. Three of hearts. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) That better be. That's 52 weeks long. (laughs) Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Now I feel better because now I know that my dreams are leading somewhere. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's awesome. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Me too. Oh, thank so, gosh, uh, that worked. What a waste of a year that would have been. 
<laughs> so for the for the listeners and the viewers, how can they find your uh, your virtual show? You can go to michaelcarbonaro.com and there's a link to all the the shows. Uh, yeah, a few of them got sold out. So we've got March 5th left, March 12th and March 13th. They're all at different times depending what coast you're on. It's a yeah. live feed, so we spaced them out so you could choose one when you like to watch. Um, I did yeah. read online. You can interact. You're going to be able to interact with kids also and parents, right? Oh, absolutely. Like just what I'm doing with you right now. You know, I'm going to bring awesome. people up on the screen to talk to them and the outcome, what they say affects how the show moves that's on. Awesome. So that's what I love about magic. You know, it's interactive yeah. like that. That's awesome. Are you planning to add more dates? You think if it's going to continue on? I was only going to do two and you know, they went so quickly and I didn't want to make it it's weird to have like a sold out virtual date because you're like, what is right. <laughs> can't everybody just watch it? But I didn't want to keep the crowds too, too huge. You know, I want everybody to kind of make so it's like 500 people a show. This way, the people that are watching have more of a chance to to be involved in the show, to be picked yeah. from the crowd. So we spaced them out and did like 500 people a pop. And the first two just went real fast. So I was like, let's add another two. And I added another two. And yeah, if it's going and we're loving it, I'm gonna sure we'll add more dates. Keep doing it, right? Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. Until I can, until I can get back out there on the road. Yeah. Speaking of on the road, we mentioned, we talked about your show earlier. Before, how many episodes did you have filmed before the pandemic started? Did you have you started back up again? What's the no? What's um, we shot five seasons, so that's um, gosh, it was like 112 episodes, something like that. Yeah, which is insane. Wow, I wrote on my notes that you've been doing since 2014, 70 plus episodes. So you've done more than the, the mic. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, because we had a 100th yeah. episode special and then we did more past that. Wow. So I know so it's, it's, cra it's crazy. I never thought I would do that many. You know, like when I was thinking of like putting together a series that would be, you know, I wanted to be like the Ashton Kutcher of magic doing like yeah. hidden camera magic tricks and and i thought okay what would be you know how many of these could i make that would be really good and i'm like oh 10 12 you know i thought it'd be like a limited series yeah. or something. and then all I of a sudden it. yeah no and it's so many so many tricks and so many ideas and so much stuff that it's incredible that you know the team behind it to to keep it going has been amazing and when and before the pandemic hit you know we were finishing season five which was the end of my contract and it was like are we going to do more we're not going to do more we're a little bit up in the air whether or not we're going to move ahead so i ended the series with um i don't know if you saw the in the last episode i turned into a kid and then i, I didn't don't see turn. actually i didn't see i'm behind i always watch kind of like the oh, practical well, jokers kind of like the yeah. practical jokers i'm just watching all the reruns Totally. Yeah. There's plenty, yeah. plenty to go around, but the yeah. final episode, you know, not that it was sequential, but maybe it was secretly, you know, I turn into a kid and yeah. I don't turn back. Like the show ends with once I'm a child, the child reveals I'm Michael Carbonaro. You're on the Carbonaro effect and the credits roll. And I never yeah. turn back to myself. So I thought if we never do any more, that would be a really cool ending. And then the pandemic hit and we were talking about maybe doing some more episodes in LA right when it was like, when can we go back out and do it? And, um, we still can't go out there and do hidden camera. Now we have these other projects going on. So I never say never, but that might be the last, I might stay a kid forever in the Carbonaro effect <laughs> realm. Yeah. If not, you're gonna have to do another trick just to come back. Exactly. That's how I would start. Right. Exactly. Like I've saved by the bell could come back after 30 right. years. Right, right. If I ever come back, I'll have to start as a kid and 
turn into a hundred year old. Yeah. I know. So I know you were like doing similar tricks on the tonight show. Was that like the idea that did true TV come after you or you, did you pitch that to true TV? I, I was doing um, the segments on the tonight show and we first were going to try and do it through NBC, like a, a series. And we entertained that notion. And there were a lot of, there were a lot of different offers on the table. A lot of people were watching that work and calling up and trying to see if we could yeah. figure out a series and, you know, I had dreams of doing a series like this ever since I was, you know, a kid. I loved Candid Camera. I loved watching Candid Camera. I loved oh, yeah. Scare Tactics. You know, I loved that combination of special effects and hidden cameras. So, and there had been other magicians far before me who have done, you know, TV shows even that are yeah, hidden yeah. camera magic. Um, John Archer in the UK did a show called Undercover Magic where he was a magician undercover, you know, fooling people. It was kind of a spooky scare tactics version of a hidden camera magic show in the 90s called Room 401. And uh, so I'd always been a big fan of those. Um, and when I went on The Tonight Show, you know, they were looking for someone to compose one of those segments. Like, let's do a magician undercover. So yeah. and they didn't know what material they wanted to do and they didn't know the style of it or whatever. So I went in and pitched like um, what I thought was the maybe the crux of the whole Every crazy idea that that blossomed even up until like, you know, making people believe in a mermaid or the, some yeah. of the crazy stuff we did on the show where people turned to stone was like coming up with that little wedge of belief where you could maybe get somebody to think that what you're saying is really happening. Yeah. And that first trick that I literally went in my first meeting with the folks at NBC, I went in with this idea of like, all right, what if I'm at if I'm in a convenience store and I'm the cashier and they hand me a bill and I do that thing where they like check to see if your bill is real, but it's just like a dollar. If somebody pays me a dollar and I'm like checking if the dollar is real, yeah. what if I spray like a special spray on it and I showed this to them right at my first meeting. So I took a dollar from one of them, sprayed it with a special spray and I started wiping the bill and the ink starts coming off of their dollar. And underneath the ink of the dollar, you can yeah. see that it's really a hundred dollar bill. So it looks like, and I'm, and and this is exactly the trick I tried the first time we rolled yeah. cameras. I was like, someone came in to buy an iced tea, and I'm like, oh, I can't accept this bill, your one dollar bill, and I'm wiping it, I'm wiping it underneath. <laughs> it's actually a hundred, and she's like, okay, never mind, and like walks out of the store with the hundred dollar bill. So it was really <laughs> funny. It was like she didn't even care. I was the most ridiculous. Yeah. And then the, the excuse I give her, which is that like famous carbonaro mumbo jumbo bs yeah. was i think this was my first like big lie I, I told her she's like why is that happening and i said counterfeiters are trying to pass off hundreds as ones out in yeah. circulation so they're covering right. them with ink and she's like oh and that that makes no sense Right. right. Like, what would that even mean? But she didn't care. She had her hundred. She had a hundred yeah. instead of a one. And she just walked out and was like, oh, you know what? You can show somebody something, you know, yeah. seeing is believing. You add that little weird riff of some BS and that formula yeah. just makes this funny moment. Yeah. So it was a hit. And it's not only like on your show, like it's not only like you're doing the trick, but at the same time, you have to like also act like, you know, you're a store clerk or a mailman or whatever. I'm just throwing random things. Out, oh, yeah. So. Yeah, the hidden camera. And that's what was so fun about it is, you know, I grew up, I wanted to be a special effects artist first. Then I got yeah. into magic, which got me into performing. I love performing. I went to NYU for drama thinking I was going to be the next David Copperfield. I was really all about being a magician. And then while I was at NYU, I really started getting into acting. I was like doing straight plays and, you know, I was reading Tennessee Williams and acting out those plays in yeah. class. And then I started doing some off-Broadway stuff and, and some comedy. And I'm like doing stand-up. And I'm like, I really like being a performer. Maybe I'll just be an actor. So magic's been on, so magic was on the back burner 
And, you know, I was kind of confused. Like, what am I? Am I a, a comedian? Am I an actor? Am I a magician? Am I all of those things? And how do you how do you be all of those things? And then, you know, this this vibe happens where I'm doing this hidden camera magic where I get to utilize all those skill sets of being a comedian, yeah. being an actor, and being a magician all at once. So it just was like a, a perfect solution to sort of entertain those three skills yes it's curious what thing what do you think what do you think is like the most rewarding about being like a magician to you when you can get you know my favorite trick i ever did on the carbonaro effect and you know i have a lot of favorites we did a lot of really cool things on that show and i say that like on unabashedly because it takes a team to pull that stuff off so i'm not just tooting my own horn here there's been some outrageous things we've done on that show that I can't believe we, myself and the, uh, the magician team behind the curtains, were able to pull off. So I, I, we, cheers to all of us. I couldn't have done it alone, and it's amazing what we did. So, but my favorite, my fa- so we did outrageous big things. But like my fa- my favorite one is this little trick in a hardware store where I convinced the guy in, in the existence of something called builder beetles, which are these little beetles, and I have them on the on the counter in the store yeah. in a jar. And I throw some toothpicks down. I put the be- live beetles on top of it and cover it with a, a coffee can. And you can hear something moving. And then when I lift up the can, the beetles have constructed the toothpicks into like a little structure. Yeah. And the dude's just watching this happen. And he turns like from a, you know, 45-year-old guy, just another Sunday afternoon at a hardware store. He turns yeah. to like a seven-year-old child again. His jaw <laughs> drops, his eyes light up. And he is just in this awestruck, joyful wonder. And that, being able to do that, to give somebody that experience, is the most rewarding part of being a magician. So when you're, when you're filming, when you were filming this show, like how long did you practice that trick before you, you decide, okay, this is what we're going to do on Monday or Tuesday at the hardware store, as an example? Like, yeah, um, well, it's funny. Not a lot, <laughs> you yeah. know, like it, it was a whole lot of, you know, like Steve Martin says, you'll use everything, you know. So like, you know, like myself and the other magicians were just like, pull, take things that we know work, apply them in new directions yeah. and put a new motif on it and try and, you know, start from the dream. You want to see that happen. Well, how can we do that? Is this not dissimilar to making, you know, a ball underneath a cup disappear or suddenly appear? Yeah. How can we do the same kind of thing with toothpicks, but we'll add some live beetles and add this story about the beetles moving? So using things that I have played with before and then just, you know, riffing it out, some of them, to answer your question, yeah. some of them that you see me doing, I've never done before in front of okay. a person. So, I mean, maybe the most famous one we ever did where, I don't know if you saw the one where the, the woman believes that the... The, the alien cracks out of the meteor and it's this crab and then the crab morphs into a cat. Did you see that in a science I didn't lab? see that one. The last Crazy one that I just bonkers. the last one that I just rewatched was the one you were making the plants grow. The plants grow. <laughs> at, that, at the garden center? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the last one I just rewatched because it was on TV. Yeah, this the speedlings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good dude too, man. That dude had such a good face. He was quietly you just watch you could he's not saying a word. But through his eyes, his he's got these blue eyes, the light is hitting him right, and you can just almost see his brain melting through the silence of his stare. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. He, he thought he thought there was such a thing as little speedlings that would grow yeah. instantaneously. Yeah. You, you ever, you, have you, you ever had anybody like flip out pretty much like walk like walk off the skit? Or not For the sure. Skit, but, yeah. Oh yeah. We got some good we got some good takes of showing people leave the frame. You know, we're we're just 
we're a small production. I mean, this is yeah. like, you know, cable TV. This isn't like a big, you know, so we're pretty much confined to our one area. We've got like five cameras, but if somebody gets scared, which they would often do if a violin starts playing by itself while we're in yeah. a storage locker in the middle of the night, <laughs> yeah. they leave. And I, you know, I always try and get them back in the scene to keep the show going, but right, right. you know, if they're gone, they're gone. So we had a few that just wouldn't come back. And it, it makes her a very funny take though. Cause you just see them like, no, bye. See ya. I'm like, come back, come back. Like, no, no, no. We lose them. <laughs> yeah, I can sit here and talk to you about ours, but I know you got to get going too. So lastly, again, uh, tell the listeners where they can find your virtual show and how can they find you on social media also? Okay, you can find me on Instagram at, at Carbonaro um, and you can go to michaelcarbonaro.com and come join one of the live stream shows live from space slash my garage. Um, <laughs> and... You know, help me out in the show. Be part of it. Have some fun. It's a, it's a, it's a um, really inexpensive ticket, too, by the way. Your whole family, like anybody, it's not per person, it's per household. So it's like the lowest ticket's 25 bucks, and your whole household can watch the show. So awesome. it's a great time. So bring the whole family, family-friendly show. I'm going to be going nutty, and we're going to be blasting off to space. Michael, this was fun. Uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, dude. Thanks for yeah, having me, was- Kate. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.